0: Hello and welcome to Survivor Social, the Survivor podcast where we discuss Survivor with an emphasis on the social elements of the game. I'm David and I'm joined by Tegwith. Tegwith, are you as happy as I am with the outcome of Survivor 44?
1: Oh my gosh, I am so incredibly happy. Uh, I thought it was an amazing finale, an amazing winner, um, and I cannot wait to talk about it all with you. Um, I just I really it's so surreal that this season has kind of come to a close um, because I feel like it was such an amazing season with our podcast and just everything that was going on Um, but you know 44 will definitely go down in the books for me as one of my favorite ones to watch live Um, so really excited to get into it with you today
0: David. Me too and we also have the the privilege of you having spoken to some of the 44 contestants. So I am super excited to hear about what you discussed with them and some interesting behind the scenes things that you may have not seen just from other interviews or you know watching the, the episodes unfold. But before we begin, make sure to subscribe to Survivor Now on YouTube and Spotify, as well as to follow us on our Instagram account at Survivor Socialites. Please do give us a follow there. And if you have any questions, Please send them there, as well as our email, SurvivorSocialPod at gmail.com. And we will answer your questions right here. And really exciting. We have some cool uh, questions to get into. Jenna W. asks, based on the preview for season 45, do you think the auction is back? Even the auction can't save the new era. I won't be watching. Well, first, Jenna W., okay (laughs) thank you for thank you for sharing that information um this this almost reminds me of some Facebook comments that I'll see in different groups where people are like this season is too woke I'm not watching like well thank you for telling me about your your viewing habits um I can't say I'm particularly interested in knowing that but um noted but back to the first part of your question because I think that is relevant do we think the auction is back I really freaking hope so
1: i literally we were sitting so we were at a um we were at a survivor we watched the press, we went to the press and Wen thing on wednesday on tuesday and wednesday and when we got there on wednesday we me and my uh my boyfriend ryan and my friend victor snagged like three seats at the bar um right like around the corner we got there right when it opened uh which was maybe the best move of the night that we did because we got to sit down the whole time um but we were sitting there and the 45 premiere comes on or the you know next time the the hammer hits and Ryan and Victor, I missed it. Ryan and Victor get up and start yelling, auction, auction, it's the auction. Um, and uh, and so, yes, I do think that the auction is coming back. I c- literally, if this is true, I, I could cry. I could cry. I love the auction so, so, so much. Um, and I really hope that that tease is accurate because, oh, my God, I love it so much.
0: It's got to be. It's got to be because... You know, I can deal with the the same primary color tribes again. I can deal with the three tribe format. I can deal with the 26 days if I have to. But give me a little like old school flair to, you know, get me excited. And I think that did that. So hopefully Jenna W., even though you won't be watching. I will. I will be. Oh, I'm so sure. tag with. And we're going to love it. So yeah and especially if the auction is there. So on to our next question. Melissa asks, why do you think every new era winner has won in a seven to one to zero vote? Good question. Very good question. Tegwith, do you want to start?
1: Oh, I have a very, yes. So the seven to one to zero, not only in the new era, but also in season 40, I don't know if you recall, Michelle also was a zero vote finalist. So when season 40 was happening, i would i loved michelle i thought michelle honestly was going to win that season um and when she got a zero vote i was shocked and what i was hearing from all the 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 interviews afterwards was like you know we just wanted to make sure that natalie didn't win and so we voted for tony because we didn't want natalie to win right so that i think is the the, the thing i think what is happening is the jury number one has a lot of time to talk at ponderosa they they can talk and discuss which. I'm honestly fine with, that's fine. But what I think the jury wants to do more than anything is vote for the correct, they want to vote for the winner is what I'm thinking. So rather than, um, you know, voting for who they actually want to win, I'm not saying that's 100% all the time, but, but rather than who they actually want to win, they vote for who the, they think the group is going to vote for. Um, and I'm not saying that like the winners are not deserving or wrong or whatever, but the fact that Carolyn is a zero vote finalist is wild and is kind of giving to me like Michelle, um, Michelle versus the Michelle, Tony, Natalie kind of thing, where people were like, Oh, well, Heidi made this great move. We didn't want, maybe they didn't want Heidi to win. And so they were like, Well, we think Jam Jam's going to win. So I guess that's where I'll throw my vote. That's kind of my theory. Uh, I'm super tired of the seven to one to zero vote. I don't think it's very interesting. Um, I think it also comes into play where you know, the second place winner, the second place person gets a considerable amount more money than the third place does. And so there could also be in theory, like the jury thinking, Hey, you know, maybe we want this person to be the second place person. So we'll throw one vote on them, but you know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I heard an idea where, um, maybe if you make it to the final, you, you get the same amount of money, no matter what and then maybe that would actually change and then the winner obviously gets the million but you know maybe that would change that voting dynamic um but that's also that's a theory i saw what what do you think david what do you think the reason is by?
0: that's a really good point about equalizing the money of the finalists however i just feel like it shouldn't matter in general i think people should be voting where they want to vote i do think there's an element of perhaps groupthink going on here and people like you said wanting to vote for the winner but you're not playing the game anymore in the sense that it doesn't I don't know you don't have to do what everybody else is doing you don't have to think about what the majority is doing this is your chance to vote how you feel in your heart and I was particularly surprised by Franny that she did not vote for Carolyn and I I was also surprised sort of by Carson but I understand his his vote as well but I don't know I think I think as long as jurors remember that they have they don't have to vote with everybody else and they can vote however they want I think that's important and if that's if everyone really sticks by their votes which I'm sure everyone's going to say because I think people look a little silly when they say that they regret voting uh however they did but I think I think it is what it is at this point and hopefully we'll see differences going forward but it is frustrating and I don't believe that Danny voted for Heidi simply to give her the second place money so that makes me feel better
1: yeah I agree I um I I actually was able to talk to Danny a little bit and it was very he made some very interesting points um where he was like you know I did work closely with Heidi a long time so obviously that had something to do with my vote but he said the main reason for him uh, and he truly, and when I was talking to him, he was like, yes, my vote was up for grabs there, but he was like the move that Heidi did where she put herself in fire, did the fastest fire ever. And, you know, and and was able to, you know, push that, that, that part of it in the, in the final tribal council. He was like, that's what got my vote for me because he, and this is, this is the words that he even said. He was like, if a Matt, like, That was such a big move that, you know, he thinks that like in any other circumstance, for example, like the Cassidy one where everyone in 43 was talking about like, you know, you should have done that. You should have done that. And he was like, if in any other season, I feel like that could have clinched the win, but going against such a big social person like Jam Jam, um, that it was just like, not, not the season for that big move. Um, But he yeah, he was like, I'm I'm happy that I voted for he was like, super happy that he was the person that voted for Heidi and all that stuff. And um, yeah, he was like the fire was the thing that really clinched the win for him.
0: Well, I'm glad that the fire did make a difference because it was a big gamble. And I appreciate that Heidi went for it and her tenacity. Personally, I understand the circumstances that led her to be a little more subdued in certain in certain ways. And I heard her in Final Tribal talking about being control and controlling her emotions. But I really liked this version of Heidi more than any version I had seen previously, where she was really going after it and taking risks. And I wish that we had seen that earlier in the season, because I think that there's a chance she would have gotten more than just one vote. But
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I wish... I, I honestly... So the three of us that went to the thing, we all kind of thought that it was going to be a plurality vote. We thought it was going to be the winner this season wasn't going to get the majority of the votes. So we thought the winner was going to win with three votes um, rather than four plus Um, uh, just because I don't know. We just thought that that was kind of the vibe that was happening. Um, But, uh, or I guess four votes, not, not three, whatever. Um, But it was just, you know, and also we talked to Heidi while we were at the, at that party. And it was very interesting talking to her because she, I met her previously and if one thing you know about me is I'm a loud person and she was like, we were talking to her and this was after everything. So she knew like everyone knew that she didn't win. And she was like, it was so hard for me going out there because I'm a loud person. She's like you and me, she was like you and me we're both loud, you know, we get, and I was like, we, we get it. And she literally said someone like me, some sometimes I think she was like, I can't be that way because I get, you know, um, not pigeonholed, but like stereotyped. And she was like, so I have learned in, you know, what I, my job and all this stuff that, um, that how to control that. Um, and so she was controlling it the whole time. And I, she was like, that's kind of why the edit in her opinion is like how it was because she wasn't doing anything, you know, loud and, and all this stuff because she was trying to control that part of her, um, which I thought was a really interesting insight to her game where she was like, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I was actively trying to change this one thing about myself because she is, she is so exuberant and energetic and all of this stuff. And she was like, Ryan, um, Heidi was his winner pick. And so she was like giving him hugs and all of the stuff and like, like so happy and all this stuff. Um, but it was just um, really interesting hearing that portion of it from, you know, from her.
0: It's interesting to me too, that Heidi said she wanted to, sort of control or or mute some some of the loudness that she brought because the other two finalists really did the opposite and and if you had asked me before voting if Carolyn would get some votes I would have said yes I think she would have but regardless I think it it bode well for for Jam Jam especially to be a bigger personality so I wonder how Heidi would have fared if she would have but I guess it really calls for it the situation calls for different things depending on what tribe you're on and maybe the fact that she was on Soka and she was with that group of people in particular she had to change her her natural essence a little bit um just to fit in but I'm excited to hear more about what Heidi uh, and you talked about but before we continue I want to say We are not going to treat this episode as a traditional recap episode. We're not going to go beat by beat as much as we do in other episodes because we really want to dig into the social intricacies of Final Tribal and the games that the finalists have played. So if you're interested in hearing a more traditional recap, we encourage you to listen to some other Survivor Now episodes. But for now, we are going to dig into the social elements of the game and the finalists in particular. So one of the first things that I really want to talk about were the social games' And how they differed from Jam Jam and Carolyn, because we touched on Heidi's approach being different from the other Tika members that were in the final tribal. But I think, in a lot of ways, Jam Jam and Carolyn were similar, but they also had a lot of differences. So let's let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah,
1: I think that's a great place to start because you know they both were, I think, some of the loud, like uh, not loudest, but like. What's the word? Like not excited, but just very boisterous.
0: Boisterous, yes. Boisterous
1: people that we have seen on Survivor in in a in a hot second, and and um, I think a very good. uh, Somebody pointed out to me that like if they were on separate tribes, maybe they wouldn't in the beginning. Maybe they wouldn't have fared as well. Um, because they had, because they were together and there were two of them together, um, they were able to kind of work together and it wasn't kind of out of the norm because they were in the same tribe to begin with, which I thought was a very good um, good call from that person. But the thing I think that, that differs, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this too, David, is Carolyn obviously played with her emotions, but she also didn't throughout the game like wasn't really articulating her or from what we saw the moves that she was making, she was articulating them to, you know, the confessionals. We heard all of this, but I don't think it was until the very end that she really was starting to tell people what she did. And the thing that the jury looks for is like a sense of agency in your moves. And so if you're doing, if they think that you're doing things purely with just kind of a reactionary emotional stance, Um, I think the jury doesn't put as much, uh, stock into that. And if the only time you are, you know, talking about your agency in your moves is at your final travel council, um, sometimes I feel like there's like a sense of doubt from the jury is like, oh, are you just saying this now so that you would get my vote or is this actually true? Um, and so I think the difference in the social game was jam jam had a way to kind of explain things in like a, like a, like a, he would say, Oh, you know, I voted for you because you put my name down or whatever it was. Um, whereas I don't, we didn't see that as much from Carolyn throughout the season. And I think that is a part of the social game is being able to tell people that you are doing these things, but not make it as threatening. There's a way to articulate your game throughout the season um without putting a big target on your back and I think jam jam did it pretty masterfully
0: yeah this comes down to ownership in my opinion I think that jam jam like you said was telling people whether it be through the form of a joke or it was not as serious as aggressively confronting someone about the way that they voted but Carolyn on the other hand final tribal yes was a really big look at what she had done during the game and it was one of the first looks i think people's eyes were really open when she played the idol for carson because i think that was a really big moment where people thought oh wow like she really she did that because unless you vote in a way that's very very influential or you play an advantage in a way that's very instrumental people can't really see concrete evidence for what you're doing Mm -hmm. unless you're at Final Tribal and you're really trying to plead your case and you're really laying it all out there for them. So you have to drop those little hints as you go. If you don't want to do it in a really obvious way that makes people threatened by you, you need to show them consistently throughout the course of the game that I'm not just here along for the ride. And personally, I think Carolyn did a better job of that in the pre-merge than she did in the post-merge up until when she played her idol for Carson. But I agree, I think it comes comes down to ownership and jam jam owned it and he was a bigger threat throughout the game in my opinion so
1: yeah yeah i think and and i think there's a way to own like i said i think there's a way to own it um without really painting a big target on your back and i think like future survivor players should be taking notes from how jam jam did it because he was really able to like make it jovial and fun and like he he would like tease people but in a fun way and all this stuff and it worked. To he got away with saying things that like no one really could. Same thing with Carolyn, but um, and it was just really, I don't know, very impressive. And I, I'm just, I just think that Jam Jam such a great winner, and uh, and I think he just really embodied kind of a social player, um, in such a brilliant way. And I just, I just love the Jam Jam win. I'm sorry.
0: So do I. And I think that a lot of it comes down to yes, ownership and respect if people respect the persona that you got going on and they respect what you're saying and the delivery of how you're saying it you can say a lot of things but if Mm -hmm. people like the delivery it makes a big difference and i think that and we can dig in this into this a little bit later with the votes themselves but i think that people felt comfortable losing to jam jam people were comfortable saying this is the person who won the season and i think Unfortunately, Carolyn didn't let people in for long enough to understand just how smart she was, just how many moves she was she was orchestrating, and the extent to which she was trying to control the direction of the game because I do think she was very successful in a lot of ways. However, I think that people didn't, yeah, respect respect a lot of her her game, unfortunately. Yeah. because ultimately it comes down to do I like this person? do I want this person to be the representative for this season? Do I want this person to be known as the person who beat me, right? Yeah,
1: and 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 I think that that that's always like the thing where everyone was saying like, "Oh, a lot of people wanted a Carson win." And I would have loved a Carson win too. Let me just everyone knows this, but I would have been happy with anybody in the final 5 winning. I thought that they were all just I mean, amazing. This cast was amazing. Honestly, I would be happy with anybody in this cast winning. But um the problem, not the problem, but sometimes like people always vote for who they're okay with saying, hey, I, I lost this person. Age also comes into that. So everyone wanted Carson to win. And while I think that Carson ha- did have a good chance if he made it to the final three, I always think that if you're a little bit younger, there's a little bit of a hurdle for people if you're on the younger side because people some don't really want to lose to someone who's younger, to th- younger than them. If, if that's right or wrong, I don't know. But that is, I think a thing there have been, you know, quite a few 20, 21 year old winners, 22 year old winners in the past, but not as many as like 26, 27, you know what I mean? Um, and so I always was, you know, worried about that, but I think that, you know, the Carolyn win is in a way similar to that where people, you know, the jury, I don't want to speak for them, but sometimes if you just don't know their game you want to lose somebody that has the best game and if you don't see that game then then you can't really you know vote for that game
0: yeah and i think if it was going to be anyone any young person to win i think carson was the best holistic player i think that physically yeah physically socially Strategically, I think Carson played an incredible game. So if anybody were to win who was younger, I would have expected him. But I think that you're right. Age does play a factor. I think life experience plays a factor or perceived life experience plays a factor. And if you are a younger winner, oftentimes you benefit from the person that you're sitting next to just being so bad. Not that you're great. Yeah. It's more so like, I don't want to vote for Matt Von Ertfelda in Survivor Amazon because he really didn't do very much. But, you know, Jenna's a really likable person and she played, you know, we saw her play the entire time. So we're going to give Jenna the win. So I think that we'll never know exactly how it would have panned out for Carson. I would like yeah. to think that he would win because I think that he earned it I don't want to say deserve because it's very tricky but because I, like you said I think everybody could have yeah. conceivably deserved to win because we only see one percent of one percent of what really happened but I think that out of all of the younger people to make it very far in the game Carson was especially a candidate for a worthy winner
1: I agree I totally agree um I also just want to say while we're talking about kind of like the final final five in this kind of aspect the one thing of the edit that I was, the, my, my main complaint of the edit in this finale and just overall in the season, in this finale, we kept hearing how Lauren was a big threat to win it. Lauren was a big threat. Oh my gosh, we have to get out Lauren. She's going to win the whole thing. And while I thought that Lauren was going to go out at final five at, at, in fifth place, um, I am shocked that people thought that she was a big threat to win on the island because we didn't see that. And I would have loved to be able to see Lauren's strategy, Lauren's behind the scene talk her social game more. We didn't really see a lot of that. And that's what I'm hoping for with the ninety minute episodes that we're able to see if you're in the finale, you're you get to the, you don't get to the finale by accident most of the time. Like you, when you when you get to final five, you're doing something right in, in in some way, shape or form, whether it's your social game, your strategy, your winning immunities, whatever it is. Um, and I really wish that we would have been able to see that aspect of her game um, because I just I felt blindsided when they were like, oh, my gosh, Lauren really is going to win this whole thing. And I was like, really? Wow. What did we miss as viewers? I felt like I was left out of the story a little bit.
0: I think if you asked the editors, they would think, yeah, we showed Lauren's win equity growing because they showed her backstory, they showed photos of her, they showed her winning immunity challenges, but I agree with you, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. We want to see stuff on the island. We want to see her maneuvering because as unfortunate as it is, I don't really think that she stood out from a strategic or particularly social way. Yes, yeah. she was a very nice person. And we, I especially, I felt very, very endeared to her. I wanted her to do well, but I there wasn't enough evidence to support her Building a good case for herself at Final Tribal if she made it there. So I completely agree. And I do think the 90-minute episodes will have to show us more maneuvering from absolutely everybody. I hope that more of the 90 minutes or the 90 minutes itself isn't going to be spent showing backgrounds and pictures of Brandis Brandon's um, lattice pie. I, I don't know why, but that's always going to stick out to me as as the thing that just seems so superfluous that we really just did not need. But we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it going forward. I'm just happy. I'm still in the afterglow of seeing the gavel and thinking about uh, the auction. So I don't really think I have any huge expectations at this moment. But in the next couple of months, I'm sure my expectations will build. <laughs> and if you want to talk about, you know, what did happen, Lauren does end up going at Final Five. And to me, that wasn't a surprise. I I expected that to happen just because of the way the numbers worked out and Although it was disappointing, it, it was shocking to hear Carolyn say that she was worried. And she has also said in post-game interviews that she was very concerned about Lauren winning. Maybe there's just, yeah, something we just didn't, we didn't see. But Well,
1: I mean, if you hear, when you heard, if you listen to Jamie's Exit Press and things like that, she was like, yeah, you didn't really get to see you know, um, the, my relationship with Jam Jam and Carson, you didn't get to really receive, see Lauren and I strategizing that much. You didn't really get to see a lot of that stuff. And, um, and, and I just think that that, that stinks. And if you, you know, the longer time we will get to see that, but it's just, it's just, I feel like Jamie and Lauren really were doing a lot together and we didn't really get to see a lot of that, um, on, on the edit. Um, but you know, one day, maybe. I think if we, I think it's it stinks if you get to the final five and and we're sh- like shocked that you had a good game. Like obviously, if you get to the final five, you have a good game. But like I, the viewers need to see these things because if we had so many, like so many people thought that Lauren was going to go out five. Like from like not much was shocking in this finale because a lot of people were like uh Carson's gonna go out of fire and Lauren's gonna go to five and all this stuff um and I just think it's just that we shouldn't be shocked that Lauren was a threat to win the game right like if you're voting somebody out of five it's not because you just want them gone you only have like four days left with them two days left with them you don't really need that person gone unless you think that they have a good game you know
0: I agree I think even more important than all of this discussion of of unseen lauren strategy i think i need to ask you a very serious question do you think you would be excited more for the carrot cake or the chocolate cake on the sanctuary
1: i would not be excited for any cake i don't think i i like cake but i don't know if you guys have ever been like really sick where you can't eat and you're like you know you have a stomach bug or something and you're not eating a lot There's nothing that sounds worse to me than sugar on an empty stomach. Like I really, but also I've never been on Survivor. So maybe you're just happy to see food, but like, I don't know. When I was sick, when I was like younger and I wasn't eating for like three days and I was only just drinking fluids, all I wanted was like pasta with nothing on it. I didn't even want tomato sauce on it. I just wanted plain pasta so that I could fill myself up and then I could eat sugar. I'm not a... I don't know. What about you? Are you a carrot cake, no cake, or a chocolate cake?
0: That really got me. I don't know. I wasn't expecting you to to not pick either. I was really expecting you to be strongly, firmly in one of those two camps. But no,
1: isn't that? I'm sorry.
0: It's well, you just
1: the cake just never. It like I'm watching it and I'm going, how can, how do you have the appetite for cake?
0: Ooh. that's that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're. Yeah, you're not, you're not feeling it. That's true. That's not usually like my craving in a really dire hunger situation. The spaghetti with meat sauce would would have probably been my go-to. And honestly, I like chocolate a lot, but I think I might have to say carrot cake because in my head, I think it's perception. It seems lighter to me. And so it makes me feel like maybe it won't be as heavy and I won't get weighed down. I have such a very, I have a very sensitive stomach. And I always worry, even in like long car rides, let alone a game for a million dollars, like how is my stomach going to react in this situation? So oh, I think I'd opt for the carrot cake carrot cake. I get so that. yeah. Yeah. Important questions, important questions.
1: That let me actually, I know we're we're not talking much about strategy, but I feel like this is a social decision, in my opinion. How did you feel about Carson taking Jam Jam to the sanctuary um after he won that immunity? Um because I personally think that that was the wrong choice. I think there's a world in which, you know, they think an idol is in play. Jeff confirmed that there was going to be an idol. Uh, that was an idol rehid. right? We saw it on the thing. Um, if I'm going to, if I want to vote somebody out, I'm not going to let the person that I want to vote out be on that island. And in theory, have the chance to search for an idol uh, or, be in the majority and in theory be able to put an earworm in somebody and have it all be flipped right obviously that turns to the um the togetherness of the Tika three but like i don't know i i don't think i would have left heidi or lauren on that beach together being able to find an I in theory find an idol now granted they didn't and it was all fine but like what if lauren had find, found an idol you know what i mean
0: you know what this made me think of this made me think of Pearl Island's The Final Five, Johnny Fairplay, and Burton go to re- go on the reward together. They think everything's fine. They say, these women don't know what they're doing. They're not going to pull one over on us. We're set. And then three women come together and take out Burton. So I was actually seeing Jam Jam in the position of Burton, where Jam Jam thought he was, you know, good. He had Carolyn on the other side, keeping things going, like keeping things strong and safe over there but if you want someone to be keeping it strong and safe for you on the other side would carolyn be your first pick especially when you know that she felt a little slighted by you and when you come back all of your fears are confirmed because she's treating you differently and she looks like she wants to kick you in the head so i can't really say this was the best move on carson's part obviously jam jam didn't have any control on whether or not he got to go he was chosen which is the best situation for him given what happened in my opinion but I agree. I think it just gives an opportunity to Heidi and Lauren to potentially find something. And unless Carolyn is gonna follow them around, like the buddy system and wrestle them for the idol, then there's really no way she can stop the two of them from potentially finding something.
1: Exactly. And and obviously, like in retrospect, it all worked out. Well, it worked out for Jam Jam. It didn't really work out for Carson. But um, but in retrospect, it was fine. But I just think there is always that chance, that small chance that something could happen. So why not mitigate it and just make it sure, cut it out, cut cut it off completely. Um, that was honestly, I think Carson played a really amazing game and I just think leaving the the majority of the people there and your alliance is not in the majority in the back at at the back. I think that is a, is, is maybe not the right choice, but uh, it worked out for jam jam. So that's fine. But just a, just a little, um, interesting, thought thought experiment there
0: i think so too i think this could have been the opportunity they took him out and uh they could have capitalized on it i'm glad they didn't because i'm glad that he won but he was potentially in danger there and carson could have could have contributed to that i also noticed that when they were getting to the sanctuary carson said the sanctuary where good things happen and i'm like "Uh uh-oh has this become a tagline? Don't make this a thing, please. Do not make this a, th- a thing. I understand you want to get airtime by being a mouthpiece for the producers and the taglines that Jeff has set in place, but mm-mm-mm-mm. don't make this new era thing a staple. I don't want the sanctuary to be a staple, personally.
1: I'm yeah, I I'm fine with the sanctuary every once in a while, but I feel like there are other things that could bond people more to like together more like I part of me wonders if like because the the um rewards aren't as amazing as they used to be is that a is that why we're seeing like some alliances not really break up you know or or stick together because I feel like if you go on a reward with like a big random group of people and you do something that's kind of life changing. So you go and swim with jellyfish that can't sting you or you go to the great wall of china or you fly in a helicopter or whatever. That might bond you a little bit more. I say this and the family visit, someone always gets voted out from the family family visit family visit. So like I could be I probably wrong, but I feel like doing the same thing over and over again Yes, they get some food, but I feel like the novelty of the sanctuary is might wear off on the players themselves. I understand? agree.
0: I completely agree because I think that rewards were a way for you to not only luxuriate, but it was also a an opportunity for you to build bonds with people. And yeah, I think about a lot of rewards that I would have been so excited to go on. Let's just talk about the hot air balloon from Survivor Africa. That would be absolutely terrifying for me. So let it be known that if I'm in the hot air balloon with someone and they say something like, I'm going to believe them. I'm going to trust them after that experience because it's sort of like, I don't know, going on a roller coaster with someone you just met. You're going to feel a little bonded to them. I remember when I was working at uh, a certain place, there was a really crazy, crazy rainy day and it was thundering and lightning and me and this person who I didn't know very well at work. We were in this small sort of outdoor, sort of indoor place. And we were just getting pummeled with rain. And it was was insane. It was a borderline traumatic experience in a lot of ways. And after that person and I parted ways, the next time I saw them, I was like, oh, craziness. Wasn't that so crazy? We shared that common experience. And she was like... Yeah, trauma bonds you, you know, and and may not necessarily be trauma when you're going to, you know, the Great Wall of China, it's going to be an incredible, amazing experience or the Shaolin Temple. But those experiences do bond you, I think, especially the earlier on, maybe at this point, the final five, it wouldn't make a huge difference. But I think earlier in the merge, perhaps when the relationships are still a little bit new and you're meeting someone that you don't know very well from another tribe let's say i think that rewards have a very powerful effect in terms of bonding people
1: i agree i totally agree and this is an interesting this reminded me of an interesting conversation that i had with who was it i think it was with lauren um one of these nights and it that's not has doesn't have to do with rewards but it does have to do with the shorter game and i actually i don't think it was lauren it was with somebody and they were saying Like the shorter game, she didn't think it would be that much of a noticeable, um, they didn't think it was going to be that much of a noticeable, like, you know, uh, difference. Like they were like, I don't think, you know, how I've never done a 39 day game. So how would I know the difference? But they said, like, you can totally tell that the gameplay is, is hyper, you know, fast and, they, they they were thinking like I feel like the game would have ended up completely differently had it been thirty nine days because in the merge you don't really have that much time to talk to people and 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 make these new alliances because you're going from challenge to um to to tribal council to challenge club
0: another club I'm just kidding
1: <laughs> uh, yeah bus club plane exactly um they are actually all Kim Kardashian um. But it's just, it was an interesting conversation because they were saying how I've never played a 39-day game. So I don't, I obviously wouldn't in theory know the difference, but I could tell that we didn't have much downtime. There was, we we were able to bond, but it wasn't like enough to break up past alliances. And I thought that that was a very interesting insight on someone who played a 26-day game because that was always my thought, you know?
0: Yeah, you need things to percolate. You need things to to ruminate rather and you need things to build and there needs to be anticipation and there needs to be time just spent interacting not necessarily just playing the game but just interacting because I think it makes those decisions that much more complex you get to know someone for 20 days as opposed to 30 days, you've got 10 extra days and you spend mm-hmm. so much time with these people, you're going to feel even more bonded to them and those decision decisions are going to be even harder when you have to cut someone loose or pick someone over somebody else. It's a lot harder when mm-hmm. you spend that much more time with people. So I can't even imagine the layers that are missing because of the 26-day yeah. experience. But either way, we lose Lauren, unfortunately, and I really enjoyed her and I am very jealous that you got to meet her because she just seems just as effervescent and warm as you said Heidi was.
1: Yeah, she is. I will say there is not one person from this season uh, that I wouldn't go have grab dinner with or grab drinks with like every single person from this season that I've met, which is pretty much every almost every single one of them has been the kindest, most genuine person like ever. They are so amazing. That's why this cast, like, that's why I, I, they are just so amazing. And Lauren, oh my gosh, I met her one time at 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 an event a while ago. And like two events later, she went, oh my God, Tegwith, how are you? And like, she was like, oh my God, social media queen, she's here, blah, blah, blah to me. And I was like, you meet so many people. And the fact that not only did you remember my name, you remember that I uh, am addicted to social media. Like you remember all of these things about me and it's just so, you know, kind and amazing. And, and you see when you are able to go to these like things I've been, and I, like I've said, I've been very lucky to go to a lot of these events. You, you get how these people are so good at this game because they are just genuinely kind. And I mean, survivor social, that's our, that's what we, we hold. the whole thing is you're not going to continue on with a game with someone that you genuinely don't like. And like these people, you know why people are making connections with them because they are just genuinely great people. And Lauren is definitely one of those.
0: Absolutely. I think this whole cast is stellar and I'm, I'm very happy to hear all of that being backed up by your own experiences. I think something that I want to touch on in the future before we complete this next little section that we're going to talk about is genuine survivors are great when we meet them and we're appreciative of them and they're stellar, but do they make for the most engaging television? Do Mm -hmm. we need someone who is very self-interested, greedy, doesn't really care about, this is obviously a trope from so many reality TV shows, but we kind of need someone to be like, I didn't come here to make friends. You know, we need one of those people. And I guess that's a discussion we can get into in a little bit, but just something to think about. Yeah. So after Lauren goes, we have the final four immunity challenge, Simotion, a favorite of mine. Do I think I would be great at it? Absolutely not. How do you think you would fare at this?
1: Um, I actually think I would do better at Simotion than any of the other ones. Um, I it's, it's definitely one of the ones, like a bucket list challenge that I would love to do. I don't think I would win this at all, but I do think that I would fare better than a lot of the other ones um, because it, it's... It's at least simple, you know? It's not like, obviously there's strategy to it, but it's not like I'm going to go drown myself to to win a necklace, you know what I mean?
0: That's true. It's not as emotionally taxing as, yeah. as Last Gasp, for example. So Heidi wins and she's elated, understandably. Huge moment. And then we immediately, before we even get back to camp, still at the challenge, we're hearing Heidi discuss Maybe I'm going to just give up my immunity and make fire. Who knows? And yes, so Heidi does give up her immunity and chooses to make fire against Carson. I want to talk about Jam Jam's role in this because I thought it was going to be Jam Jam versus Carson. And what does that say about Jam Jam? Do you think it says more about Heidi's skill and belief in herself? Or is it about the fact that she felt confident beating Jam Jam? Or did she just really need it more for her resume? You had to speak to her. So I'd be very interested to hear what you think. But I'm curious about Jam Jam's role in this decision.
1: Yeah. So I, we didn't really talk about this specifically. We were more talking about her game overall. But what I really feel is she knew she could make fire. Like she knew that about herself. She was very confident about that. Um, and If you know that you're good at something like and you are certain about it, might as well put it to the test, you know, like and I really think it was a combination of her knowing that she didn't play the flashiest game. And sorry. Um, And so she just knew that she needed something for a resume, but also knowing that she could win. And I genuinely think genuinely think that she could win probably against any of anybody that she put in. Um, and I think, you know, the reason why she put it in Carson wasn't necessarily because he was maybe the worst at fire, but because she thought he had the best chance to win, which I do think is also probably true. Um, and so I, you know, I really think that I personally think that her choice just had to, had to be with like, I need this for me. I know I'm good at it. And I honestly don't even think she was thinking about much else. I think she was pretty certain in her choice.
0: That gives, me, that gives me a good feeling because I appreciate that she wanted to build her resume. I think it worked out for, for Jam Jam and Carolyn. They were not the most threatening out of the three of them. I do think that Carson was perceived in a lot of ways as someone who would have crushed them all at the end, despite his age. So I appreciate that from, from Heidi. And record time, three minutes and two seconds. On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Cook Islands, and that took I don't even know how long, but... I am so, yeah, four hours, who knows?
1: We're going to matches.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Absolutely ridiculous. But I am so impressed by Heidi. And unfortunately, it is this, this win that takes Carson out of the game. And you can still see he has a smile on his face. He definitely won the hearts of so many people and so many fans. And proved that he is not only a fan, but a fan that can translate those skills into the game. Which I think is incredible because everybody can be uh an armchair psychologist or or a fan that sits on their couch and say this is what I would have done and it's so easy this is the decision to make but for him to exert that much control on the direction of the game be the arguably the best integrated at the point of the merge and throughout most of the post-merge I am incredibly impressed by Carson's game and and am I happy that Jim Jim won yes but I would have been equally as happy if Carson won so
1: Carson is somebody who might have a difficult time if he comes back for a second season because he played such a good game this season. Um, he really is uh, an amazing player, and it was such a pleasure watching him play his amazing game. Um, and just he just is, you know, a good a good person, a good survivor. He's a great survivor, and um, and I will say I did love the moment between him and Jam Jam making the fire. That was so. Oh, I'm going to cry. It was so touching. It was so amazing just to see like two friends be like, you know what? I'm going to help you out with this. I don't, I don't really care if I'm the one that's going up against you, you, you know, this is for you. And like all of that stuff that was just such an amazing moment and just such a, I think that's a moment that'll go down as like one of the consumer cellular, like, um, uh, commercials, like the, it's our, it's our connections that get us through the game, you know, and that'll be, it'll be one of those in like a season or two um but uh yeah just a really really amazing moment between just two amazing people
0: it was touching the bad part is that my thought was well if carson's going to the jury he just (laughs) he's definitely gonna vote for jam jam now so i know that management yeah jam jam was doing that from the kindness of his heart i believe however also didn't hurt and i think honestly that's what it comes down to that sincerity too people can feel that so if people sincerely like you and like the things that you're doing that means a lot more than someone who was just a robot and made all of the correct moves and yep. dodged and weaved at the correct time we do get a really interesting segment where we hear the jurors talk about the individuals left in the game and who they might vote for and I thought it was very interesting that Carson talked about how impressed he was with Heidi and the fact that he might vote for her because I think it ties into the fact that jurors want to feel good. They want to feel good about the game that they played. They want to feel like the people who were at Final Tribal respected them, I think. I think back to Todd and John Robert and the fact that Todd stroked John Robert's ego and said, you know, I had to take you out because you are such a big threat and you're such a smart guy. And did he necessarily believe that? No, I don't think so. But you told him what he wanted to hear. And in this case, when Heidi took out Carson, it was not only a moment for Heidi, but it was also a huge end of a huge arc. You cut that person's trajectory off right before final tribal council. And so I think that was also a big moment for Carson. So I think Carson would want to honor the person who took him out in a way. So I think relating it back to the juror, Whoever the juror can relate to the most in any capacity or feel closest to in any capacity has the best chance of getting their vote. Obviously, he still voted for Jam Jam, but that was interesting to hear from from Carson.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think, you know, um, in, in theater, I was always told that um, while the audience thinks that the, you know, cr- closing call, the curtain call is for the actors um my directors always told me the curtain call is actually for the audience to get to thank you um as a it's it's not actually for the actors it's actually for the audience to be able to have that feeling of uh, thanking the the people on the stage and i kind of think that that's how the relationship between the jury and the and the final tribal uh, and the final 3 are typically it's not i mean obviously the final tribal count you have to do a good performance on all that stuff but the jury you know they are the audience and it's it's for them to feel good about who they're voting for um and and it's not actually you know for the final tri- final 3 or final 2 or whatever it is and so you have to play to the jury and not actually sometimes i think you don't you shouldn't even play it from your game you need to play each individual jury member um so that they get the Ability to write your name down and have that uh, time to thank you for the game, kind of a thing. It's a very weird metaphor, but you know, it's 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 one of those things that I, I always related to as an actor, um, and how that relates into into Survivor.
0: That is a very powerful analogy, and I think that's very applicable here. When you were talking about thanking and thanking the people and and all of the, all of the thanks, that almost reminded me of Bob's Burgers. Um, past the past the the turkey. I don't know what the song was, but they say thanking us for thanking you for thanking me. There's lots of thanks going on, but at the end of the day, I think we could sum this up in in like this. Everybody wants to feel good. Mm-hmm. The final tribal council. You want to make the jury feel good. You want to make the jury feel good for voting for you. And I think if we want to dig into it, and talk about final tribal, I think that one of Carolyn's missteps was that she didn't prepare enough for each individual individual person and yes the tribal council final tribal council format doesn't allow you to speak to each individual individual juror as you used to which I think is a downside of this format but Carolyn still should have thought about each person and what kind of things they want out of each answer because it's not only the fact that for example Franny said let's talk about the social elements of the game it's Also, that Franny was the person to ask that. So, yes, everyone else is listening to your answers, but who are you looking at when you were giving that answer? You're going to look at Franny for the most part because she was the one who asked you the question. So, I think Carolyn didn't tailor her answers enough to other people. I will say, though, I was distracted and didn't really pay attention to a lot of Carolyn's answers because I was actually very confused by Heidi's final tribal performance. Mm. She did cut Jam Jam off a few times. She didn't seem really fluid it almost felt forced in some ways that she from my perception seemed like well I'm here with these two Tika people I have to make my own way I have to force my way into I have to show everybody what I did and it felt a little uncomfortable at times for me to watch
1: I get that I get that I will say I feel like when I was first watching the this final tribal I did, th- I did say out loud that I think that this is one of the best Final Tribal Council's uh, final three performance from each person. I feel like typically you see like one really good performance and maybe one mediocre and one bad, or maybe two mediocre. And I feel like we actually got three pretty good Final Tribal Council performances from, from all three of them. I don't know if they're all three the best, but as someone who was an outsider watching, I feel like if I had seen each one, I would have felt fine voting for any of them. Um, Obviously I wasn't as I'm not the one, you know, didn't see the whole thing and all that stuff. So I don't know who I actually would have voted for, but I do think that there was not one person who was like, "Oh, that was not a good performance or, Ooh, they, they fumbled that one. But so that's why I do think that Heidi maybe was a little bit more um when she was cutting jam jam off and all that stuff i felt like she was almost a little defensive um and and trying to kind of force her way in uh but i think in any other season that would have been i think a pretty fine final speech um but going up against obviously these two i think it was like the battle of some of the best final tribal council speeches that i have seen in recent time in my opinion um but yeah, I do think that you were right. Like there was some there was some little like awkward, but like funny moments. Um, and I just think that there was like, sometimes it was a little off, but I don't know. It was, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying and get where you're coming from for that.
0: I think the vibes had to be matched. I think that's really what it came down to because Heidi did make so many good points. I think she had really high highs, but she also had some moments that, like I said, made me a little uncomfortable or pointing out the fact that, Carson's defending you or whatever like don't don't speak to the jury in a way that will make them feel like you're disagreeing with them in any way or that you're potentially I don't know I don't I don't think that she was combative but I do think that like you said she was a little defensive and in comparison to you know the chuckle the chuckle factory of of jam jam Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to compete with that because You can say whatever you want to say, but if you don't make people feel good while you're saying it, it doesn't matter as much. And Jam Jam could say, screw all of you, you're so stupid, but he could say it in a really funny way and everyone would laugh and still love him and still vote for him. So I think at the end of the day, it did come down to who was liked the most. That being said, we have talked... outside of this podcast tag with about the fact that there were some individuals who do not think that jam jam deserved to win and i'd like to hear your opinions on that and what your experience has been watching and reading those comments
1: yeah it's very interesting to me because i think as someone who is so ingrained in this community and and specifically like so in the survivor online you know in kind of the tiktok world and the twitter world not so much in facebook or whatever um I think that the majority of people that I talked to thought that Jam Jam was going to win. We, I would say people were thinking either Jam Jam or Carolyn, but you know, we love all the people, whatever it is. And the wildest thing is that like Jam Jam wins and I'm getting all of these, like, I can't believe Jam Jam won. He was the one that I didn't want to win all of this stuff. And I am truly shocked by this reaction, like truly, like, I, I it came out of left field for me personally, because as someone who obviously comes in and breaks down the episode uh, at least w- once a week um, and and talks about it pretty religiously with, you know, my my partner and and my friends and all of this stuff, Jam Jam was playing an amazing game. And there are people who were like, all he did was make people laugh. All he did was just, he wasn't funny. They only voted for him because, you know, he, he was just uh, funny or whatever it is. And it's so interesting to me because to me, that's what Survivor is. To me, you wanna, you know, you have to make sure that you're, that's why Russell didn't win, you know? If you make people mad, you're not gonna win. Um, and, And I have never, I kind of understood the backlash from Erica. I kind of understood, kind of understood the backlash from Marianne. I understood the backlash from Gabler. Uh, this one I really did not see coming, um, and it's and and it's just and usually on my TikTok and all my, my comments are relatively um, tame. I I, re- I don't really get a lot of like hate from for myself or either or the players really, and I'm seeing that and I'm like, where did this come from? Truly, where did this come from? Because Jam Jam is a such a good winner and. Maybe I'm biased because I've met them in person and I have that um, perspective that maybe other people don't have. But even from just the season, it's just shocking to me to see all of this. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that this at all on you know what the sites that you're on on Reddit and things like that? Or
0: fortunately, I haven't seen too much pushback to Jim Jim's win, but to everyone who is trying to undermine his win or call it. Not valid. I just think that Jam Jam is a social butterfly. We give that award out every single week on this podcast. He may have not won every single week, but he won a lot. (laughs) He won a lot. And at the end of the game, Survivor has always been a social experiment and a social game. And this is what we are here to talk about on this podcast. And I think that Jam Jam did it the best. So even if people are frustrated, the jury's decisions were the jury's decisions. And the jury is going to vote how they're going to vote based on who they like and who they want. Juries aren't going to be forced, you know, no one holds their hand in the voting booth and tells them, you know, you're going to regret this months from now because you're going to look back at the footage and you're going to realize that Jam Jam really wasn't the best winner. No. So although I understand and people are allowed to voice their opinions, I don't condone the hate. I don't condone anything mean-spirited so i hope that stops because even though i may not have personally voted for gabler if i was on season 43 for example i think he still deserved to win yeah. jam jam definitely deserved to win all of the new era winners and all of the winners in general deserve to win so i'm fortunate that i have excuse me <clears throat> avoided the majority of those negative comments towards jam jam and i hope i don't see them because we don't need that i don't care you can say maybe he's not who i would have voted for yep. you can say whatever you want but social butterfly jam jam is and forever will be a social butterfly he was one yes. long before survivor and that is what won him the game so
1: i want to say at the at at the party um the one on wednesday after jam jam won my friend victor sat down with jam jam and they talked for 30 minutes met for the first time to- or maybe not the first time but like one of the first times they met and they sat and talked. Jam Jam had just one survivor. His whole cast was there. Everyone was there. And Jam Jam sat and talked with the fan for 30 minutes. That is just, he is just an amazing, just like, that's just amazing to me. I don't know. If I had just one, I don't know that I would be talking to a fan for 30 minutes. I think I probably would be, you know, maybe talking to a lot of fans and then Maybe going to talk to the people. I don't know. I don't think that I would be that amazing. I don't know. I'm just a fan of Jam Jam. But let me just make sure that everyone hears me when I say this. We can't, like, the the, the hate that people are sending to people, that is that is never okay. And uh, and I had to do my first um, angry TikTok. I posted a TikTok and I was like, I cannot believe, I was like, this is so disrespectful. All of this stuff. First one, I've, I've been on TikTok for three years. I've never posted an angry one before. Three years, the first one. I was like, how dare you? How dare you? Ugh. I'm a jam jam stan, though.
0: I forever will be a jam jam stan. And we hope that you are, too, because he is just a likable guy and deserved it. And at the end of the day, like we said, you got to be liked to some extent to be able to win. Even if you're the lesser of two evils or lesser of three evils on your season, you still have to be liked in some capacity. But... Jam Jam, bravo to you. We are very proud to be here at Survivor Social. And we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to answer a few more questions and tell you about what we got going on moving forward. So see you soon.
1: Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the player's stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me the shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash
0: We are back. And a question that I've seen a lot on social media has been, let's rank these these winners. Let's say who we think is the best from top to bottom especially of the new era. And I, I like to list things. I am a very organized person that way. I like color-coded things. I like charts. That's just me, right? But I've sort of tried to get away from ranking Survivor players. Sure, you want to rank a season and think about things as a whole, but I think it's really hard to compare different people when you're talking about ranking Survivor. And I also think that a win and a player's win is very context-dependent. Context-specific, so I think it's really hard and almost reductive to compare other people's games. What's your take?
1: I absolutely agree. Um, I am so here for ranking seasons. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, I because that takes into account the winner, the context you know, your, what's happening in your life at that time. Like, you know, all of those things are, you know, specific to the person and and, and all all that stuff. But ranking winners is so difficult because you have 17 different, you know, 18 people on a season. So 17 non-winners typically that all play into the season. You have the random twists, the random turns, where the location is, all of this stuff that plays into the game. Like, You can't really, you can always have a favorite, but I'm never going to be able to say that this is my fifth favorite winner of all time. This is my blah, 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 because it's just, I agree, it is reductive, but I can, I will do seasons. And I do have a favorite winner and a least favorite winner, but, you know, I can't go in and say, this is the number 20 for me. Like that's, it's so hard to do. And especially with this new era, it is even more difficult to do because the winner's, Maybe haven't been getting the biggest edits. We haven't been seeing them as much. Um, uh, They haven't been... Whatever it is, it's even more difficult. Um, So I completely agree. I completely agree.
0: I think another aspect of it is whether or not people see someone as a good player or that someone deserves to win relative to the other people there. And that's so hard to gauge as well because you can say on paper, traditionally, a traditional winner of Survivor has these qualities. But like you said, Tegwith, every season is different. There's so many things, like the twists and the location, that play a huge role. It could also just be not only the person, it could be that person at a certain stage in their life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Matt came into this game right after a breakup. Yep. Maybe if he was still in a relationship or was in a relationship or his situation was different in some way, maybe he would have played differently. So you really don't know. And you can really only look at that person and their game at that particular place in that specific context. And you can't copy and paste it to other situations. And while I do find certain fan fictions, for example, like Mario Lanza writes a really interesting fan fiction back in the day before All Stars was even a thing. He wrote, multiple different iterations of survivor all-stars and he consulted the players outside of the game and outside of his writing to see like what would you do in these different situations and how do you think you would react and it's super interesting to pontificate and write and create about what we know about these people but everybody is so much more than what we see on that screen we are more than what we're just talking about here on survivor social so i think it's really important to keep in mind that everybody is complex and on a different day, things could have gone very differently. So you can't really copy and paste and and transfer a win somewhere else.
1: I completely agree because the thing that comes to mind is Chris Underwood, right? Like, honestly, I think he played an amazing game for the what was going on because he used the circumstances to his advantage. But I cannot compare Chris Underwood to Kim Spradlin. There's no way. There's no way that I could do that. Um there's no way honestly that i could compare someone winning a 26 day game versus a 39 day game um it's i can't really compare somebody like um ben to say like sandra like that is so difficult because they played such different games under such different circumstances and so like i totally i totally agree with everything that you're saying because but like i said i will and have ranked seasons it's my favorite hobby and you will always see me doing it um but that's different than individual winners and players and things like that
0: yeah i think another thing that's really important to touch upon is the diversity of the winners in the new era very happy about that mm-hmm. really happy that we have our our next gay winner since Todd since Todd.
1: Todd season, season 15, 15.
0: That's absolutely bonkers. And I'm so proud of Jam Jam and I'm so happy for the representation. I love the representation of the new era winners and just the new era casts in general. I think that's a big testament to the casting. This does touch on a little bit of what I wanted to talk about earlier. Do we think that The casts are suffering because everyone really is such a good person. I know that there's talk of everyone has to be liked in casting to be able to get on. Everyone has to be someone that you want to get a drink with or go to dinner with, which I think is great. But does that make for people willing to be more cutthroat and make new moments, be selfish? Yeah, burn, throw out the rice, burn the rice. Check the rice, do all the things to the rice, potentially pull a Rory Freeman and try and burn down the camp. Who knows? Who knows? But I miss that. What do you think?
1: So yeah. So here's the thing. I think that Jeff Propes is in his dad era where he just wants to be the father to everybody and just really wants to like like them and be able to have these like heart-to-heart connections with them and all of this stuff. And one of the things that I think Australian Survivor does really well, two things actually. First thing, I've always loved that Australian Survivor. When you go in as a player nine times out of ten, you realize it's a game and they play it as a game and they don't take a lot of things personally, which I love. Um, (coughs) Pardon me. But the second thing is that Australian Survivor does a little bit of recruiting. They do a little bit to where they bring in, like, other reality TV stars. So what was her name? Angela or... I can't remember her name. She was on um, Heroes versus Villains. She was on The Real Housewives of Sydney or Australia or something. And while she was the first person, well, spoiler, sorry. She was the first person voted out of that season. Um, I think that she would have brought some really amazing like, drama to it. And if anybody watched The Traitors, The Traitors was super interesting because it had reality competition stars such as Stephanie LaGrosa, and people from Big Brother that I don't really know, and um, Suri and things like that. They also had reality TV stars, which, in my opinion, are different. So, like, people from Below Deck, and The Real Housewives, and things like that. And they brought the drama. And so, I think that we need to have, like, a 70% people who are obsessed with Survivor and love the game and all that stuff. But then, like, 30% people who just kind of want to be on TV because I think that they're worried about people having like the villain edit because people do get quite a bit of hate on social media and all that stuff. But I think if we get people who just kind of want to be on TV and just have that kind of different kind of drive, there would be a little bit of more mix into the, into the pot and, and like a little bit more, drama and and kind of blow ups and chaos and make great television because I mean survivor is television but I still want people who love the game to still be in there because I do still want to see good gameplay um so that's what I think that they that's my theory of what they should do 30% people who just kind of want to be on reality tv and then 70% of people 70% of people who want to be on survivor specifically what do you think
0: if I had to tweak that percentage a little bit for Carson, I'm gonna have to go with 66.66667 <laughs> and 33.3333333. So, but That's other than that,
1: so I was talking. I forget who I was talking to at the thing. We were like, "Oh, there's no way that Carson Carson just made those up." And she was like, "No, he was doing calculations at the uh, at the at Ponderosa. Those were actual calculations that he did, and very much Carson being the NASA Carson that he is."
0: I appreciate that. And as someone who does think in percentages more than fractions, I do think that's easier. Like obviously 66.67 is two thirds, but I see that as oh, like, I see the pie chart in my head and that's easier for me to visualize. So I appreciate he did that. And yes, is 88.8888 just eight out of nine? Yes. But I again, appreciate that he did that. And I love that. That's him. He's consistent. You go Carson. And I heard that you might have some questions for us uh, from TikTok.
1: I do. I do have a couple. Okay. So we do have um, one question. It was up earlier in the thing. I don't remember who asked it, but somebody asked us to rank the winners. Of... No, I'm just kidding. Rank the, um, uh, the new era seasons. Would you be able to do that?
0: Yes. But I think there is so much recency bias that might play into this. I will. I will. I'll just go for it. I'd say... 42 would be my first. Then 44. Then I don't really care where 43 and 41 are. I feel similarly about both of them.
1: Okay, I get that. I would probably do 44 and then 42. And then 41 and then 43. Um, But I almost would put 41 above 42 because of the excitement that I felt that Survivor was back on television. That had, I very, very much had like a palpable like, Just like, I cannot believe Survivor's back on. I missed it so much. And just having it on the screen made me so incredibly happy that I feel like I have to remember that feeling that I had. And it might even go above uh, 42 just because of that. Um, And do I think it's the best season of all? No, but that feeling that I had during that season watching it, just I couldn't believe it was back on. So that might play a part into it. So... Personally, understandable, but definitely, I think 41 44 is definitely my number one. Loved 44. Um, 44 okay, whisper. so this is okay, so this is from user. I actually don't know this person's name because they have like a very long user, but it's like user 63222, whatever. They ask who from this season could um play again or would would you want to see play again?
0: Honestly, all of them, yeah because even the people that we didn't see for very long I think could have brought a lot. I think that Sarah could have brought a lot. I think that Helen could have brought a lot. Obviously we're going to get we're going to get to see some more Bruce, which I'm very excited about. Matthew from Ratu, Matthew's my number 1. I love him and I really want to see more of him. Everybody I think brought it in some way. Maddie, 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 show me Maddie, show me Claire, please. I'm I literally
1: this pre-jury is maybe some of my favorite people of all time. Just, like, truly so amazing. Um, But I had the... I was very lucky that at one of these nights, I actually was able to talk to Matthew for quite some time. And he is uh, absolutely amazing to start off. He's just so awesome. But also, he is just so smart. And, like, he would freaking kill it on another season. Second chances, if I can just click, 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 vote Matthew... I would, I would. I, I want to see him back so bad.
0: Please. Right? Give us give us Matt. Give us Matthew. Matthew. All the Matt, Matthew, Franny, Danny. I I just loved everybody this season, to be honest. And it sounds cheesy, but I really did. And do again, 44.5 44.
1: and just have it do it over again.
0: That's true. They could do that. And I would definitely watch that. Just mm-hmm. please put it in a different location. That's yeah. all I ask. Yeah.
1: Uh Ryan came up with a good idea where Australian Survivor and American Survivor should work together and flop it with Samoa and Fiji because they both have contracts at both, we think. And so just be like, oh, America's going to be in Samoa this time and then Australia's going to be in Fiji and just like keep flip-flopping it. I think that would be great.
0: I think that's a great idea. They should actually flip-flop Survivor with Outlast and they should just drop all the contestants in Alaska and they should just add Jill from Outlast as a random wild card. On the season because she was in Survivor casting, so
1: oh, perfect. There we go. Survivor producers, hit us up. We've got some good ideas. Um, okay, this one's from Josh. Uh, what about the current format? Would you change in anticipation of the fall ninety-minute episodes?
0: Hmm. There's a lot to be changed, in my opinion. I think, I think that yeah. we need to see challenges that have social implications. I want to see the coconut chop. I unfortunately think that San Juan Delser really did make us lose that because they just decided Missy's just gonna win it so we're just gonna give it to Missy um unfortunately we don't see stuff like that more and I like to see that more I can't really think of anything off the top of my head besides the longer 39 days I want to see more footage because I understand we'd be seeing less if it was 90 minutes and 39 days in the same amount of episodes but I think it'll build the relationships and help the storylines, the overarching themes of the season if we have just more days to go off.
1: Yeah, I think the main thing for me is I don't think if the episodes are longer, it does not mean that we need to see people do random side quests. We don't need more of that.
0: The keys, that whole thing. I don't need to see that again.
1: What we need is we need to be able to see why Lauren was such a threat at Final Five. You know what I mean? That's what I would change. I would change what the what the audience sees because why were we blindsided about that? you know what I mean? Um, I honestly would also love to see more reward challenges and m- maybe not necessarily the challenges, but the implications of those challenges. So people taking other people on like onto a, a reward, um, all of that stuff where we don't really get to see that a lot now. Um, so that I think would be, A big thing that i would like to see um and my thing is is if we do reward challenges what we need to do is not like just draw for draw for places but i want to see schoolyard picks like i want to see that kind of stuff that's kind of the the things that i would really change um uh we got some interesting uh, information survivor social were renewed for season 45 here we go Woo!
0: job security (laughs) that is such a relief oh my goodness
1: so good all right, so we have another question from fi- uh, Fake Bikini Mommy. Fake oh, Fake Birkin. Um, what challenge slash aspect would improve New Era? Um, what challenge slash aspect would improve the New Era from most classic Survivor beside Thirty Nine Days?
0: I think we sort of covered that in our last answer in terms of the challenges, and I know this doesn't really apply to this answer. In particular, I do want to add on to the last question we talked about just a little bit. I don't want to see the flashbacks to home anymore. I don't want to see the things that happened to you. I want to hear it from your mouth. Mm -hmm. I want to overhear a conversation where you tell the other people what went on in your life because we know those conversations are happening. We know that the heartbreaking stories or the tough things that everyone has gone through have been shared throughout camp, right? I want to see that. I also want to see people get drunk more and fall. I think about um, many, many merge episodes. I think of the clip, I want to get this as a soundbite, but the clip of Jan Gentry from Survivor Thailand drinking and you hear Ted over it say, Jan doesn't drink much. And then she falls into the the barrel. I don't know. It's just moments like that that just make me laugh. So um, that doesn't really answer the second question that much because I do think that we sort of answered it before, but... Feel free to fill in any gaps.
1: The main thing for me is I just want to see that social, the social stuff from earlier on. I also feel like the thing that I would like to see is just less advantages because they rarely pan out. Like the extra vote was a waste, you know? Um, The fake Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Like, I don't know. I feel like just- Mixing it old and new, mix them. We don't want to just see all new, all old. We want to, we want to have a little fun, little mix, and just don't overdo do it. But I'm not. Here's the thing that I want to make sure that people know about me. I'm not opposed to change. Like I actually kind of like the um, the dice thing where you have shot in the dark, shot in the dark. Thank you. I actually kind of like shot in the dark because. I don't know. I think it adds an interesting aspect. And, and I really, I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. Um, so I'm not opposed to new ideas. Uh, what we used to say in my science classes, um, evolve or die. Um, you know, you, you got to continue to change. You got to continue to grow. And so I'm not mad about the changes. It's just, you can't also abandon the roots that you, that from which you come. You know what I mean? You have to use that and then add on to it a little bit in my opinion. So that's kind of that's kind of what I would say.
0: Add in the old and specifically what people liked about the old, not just things that the producers like, but the viewing audience like yeah. as well as the players because the pe- players are also just going to have a great time regardless in my opinion. Unless you're really just having a miserable time and you're not given adequate clothing which is something that we really haven't touched on much here. But I know that is something that has evolved and I'm glad that's evolving. But
1: what do you mean? Like uh, giving people more clothes?
0: Yes. I was just saying people are going to enjoy the game unless they quit. And some of the reasons why they quit are because of clothing. I think back to Nicaragua and I think to Purple Kelly and the fact that she did not have enough clothes at all. But I think, yes, the contestants are going to have a great time, especially if they're super fans, they're playing Survivor, they're living their dream. So I think, Make sure the audience is getting what they want, too. Mm-hmm. And think about the things that used to make people tune in from the very beginning and try and replicate that. But We give enough advice to the uh, the production team on this, I know. On this show.
1: Um, I have an interesting comment from Josh on here. It's not really a question. It's just an interesting comment that I kind of add, add on a conversation they had with Matthew. So he said, ah, see, I don't like the shot in the dark. I wish the odds were better at least. Which is something that's interesting to me because – you know, obviously, it is a roll of the die, so it's one and six. And Ma- I-, I asked Matthew when we were having this conversation. I was like, "So, you know, just to confirm, did you play your shot in the dark in episode one Um, because you didn't want to vote at all?" And he said, "I knew where the votes were going, a hundred percent. I knew everything that was going to happen. They didn't need me, so I literally didn't want." I didn't want to write anyone's name down because I knew it just wasn't going to help me. And he said, if I was on a boat and I was and the boat was sinking and there was a life raft and the life raft only had a 16% chance of uh, of actually saving me, that's not really a good life raft. It's a bad life raft. That's bad odds. So I don't really need it later on. So I might as well just get rid of it now and use it now because the odds of it actually saving me later on zero to none. So, uh, I thought that was a very interesting conversation that I had because I didn't really think that like, yeah, you in theory could be saved, but in four seasons, it's only saved one person. And it didn't really even save her because her name wasn't even written down, you know? So it's just an interesting thought that he had that I never really put two and two together that it's not really that actual of a, of a life raft. It's just kind of like a it might, it has a very small chance of saving you. So I liked, I liked that perspective from him.
0: That is a good perspective. And that opens my eyes to maybe what they meant to do when employing the shot in the dark in the first place. But I don't give the shot in the dark much thought. And I don't think that it's a bad tool. It's, it's, it's one of the more inoffensive twists, turns, or gadgets that were introduced. So hmm, that's what it is. Any uh, final statements or questions that you... That you have,
1: um, uh, I, I have a couple of people saying um, that they like the birdcage twist, um, and they that's something that doesn't bother them. How would you feel about? Um, how did you feel about the birdcage twist in general?
0: I don't like when camp life is too altered. I'm going to be honest. I think that the structure, the the twists and turns should be implemented in the challenges or the locations. I like I like. I'm a, unfortunately kind of vanilla when it comes to what I like about the camp life aspect of Survivor. I think there's enough to do. I think there are conversations going on. I think that being bored on Survivor is something that has to happen. And personally, I didn't think it really did it for me. I think it had some good content for Carolyn. Like I enjoyed getting to see Carolyn do her thing and it was funny and the, the red X and all that. But personally, I don't need the birdcage again. It just seemed like that's not going to actually be on the island. If we're talking about what is on an island when we get there and we drop these people on an island and we see what happens, there's not going to be a birdcage. Unless we're watching Lost and there's this weird other civilization on the other side of the island where weird funky things are happening, that's not going to happen. So that's just my personal preference. I know some people liked it, but I don't think we need to do that at camp.
1: I get that. I totally get that. I also don't love production adding in like fake idols that are, that they added in, but can we talk about the reveal at the after show of Jamie finding out that idol was fake? That is one of my favorite after show uh, after survivor things ever. That was an incredible television moment. Her face iconic, iconic. And I love that. No one said anything to her. No production didn't tell her until the end. So we got to be there when she found out. Oh my gosh, that was an amazing moment.
0: It was incredible. I think we we thought that in forty three, that the reveal of Sammy's age was going to be this huge. Or Sammy thought it was going to be this huge thing. But the reaction on Jamie's face was actually that, and even not even now times 10 it was incredible it was a hilarious reaction it was it was fun she didn't feel like from what I could tell super super embarrassed or shameful or anything and I hope she doesn't no it was hilarious
1: from one the thing that I've heard I mean how could you firstly this season of all seasons you should not feel bad if you have a fake idol because all of the idols were made to look fake which I think is a cop-out I don't like that um but you can't really feel bad and All the people that I talked to who had fake idols, including Jamie, was like, yeah, honestly, I felt a lot... Like, Sarah was like, I felt so much better when I found out it was fake because I didn't go home with a real idol in my pocket. You know what I mean? Like, finding out that it wasn't real, at least it couldn't have saved you, even if you did play it. So, um, I think that the people who found out that it was fake after the fact were like, okay, good. At least I didn't go home or someone didn't go home with a real idol in their pocket. Um, but uh, but I just I love that moment. I also love the reveal of Carson being in NASA and jam Jam in Carolyn's face. Like the reveals were amazing. We're so good.
0: Definitely. I mean, I don't love this whole format of the after show right. immediately after their votes their votes are revealed. I like their traditional. We go back to LA or New York and we do that. But I think this was definitely uh, a, nice, a nice consolation prize. These moments were very fun. But.
1: They were so fun. And then I also love the Manny of it all, the Franny and Matt. Um, I want to make sure that everyone knows they are still together. They are amazing. They go to the live or ever since they were both voted out, they were going to some of the lives together. Um, And they're very, very cute. And I just, I love the Manny of it all. Um, But um, I just, I thought that that was, um, I thought that that was an amazing I don't know. Amazing moment. I think that this is my favorite post show recap or whatever that they've done ever for me.
0: I think it takes the cake. I, it was the most engaging. I mean, come on. It's this cast. They're so engaging. They mesh so well with each other and I think as long as they can keep it at this caliber, then I think I'd probably be okay with the the current situation after the after the votes have been read. But
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. So, I mean, this is the last uh, episode of the season. Do you have a social butterfly, David?
0: Jam Jam is the forever social butterfly. Next season, we may even have to rename the award to something else because Jam Jam in my head will always be the social butterfly. How about
1: you? Are you the Jam Jam of the episode?
0: That's true. (laughs) Are you the conductor of the Jam Jam tram?
1: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Jam Jam is just... Oh my gosh! So amazing. Definitely the most social person um, of the episode, maybe of the season, maybe of all of Survivor. Who knows?
0: Who knows? But funny,
1: funny little thing that just caught, caught uh, came up on my whatever. Cam says new awards: the Claire Bench.
0: Ooh, that is incredible! That's I think really we funny. might have to make that happen. The Claire
1: That's
0: really Bench. Funny. That's really great. Funny. And I want to say Claire
1: loves her bench like she. Thinks I think that's her that's her uh, legacy. She's and she's okay with that. She's she loves it. She's so funny.
0: Good, you got you got to roll with it, right? But. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us this season for Survivor Social. It has been such a blast chatting with all of you, hearing all of your questions and engaging with all of you. Please be sure to follow us at Survivor Socialites on Instagram. And if you have any questions for us, p- feel free to shoot it to us there or on our email, Pod at gmail.com. And the off season, we have some really exciting shows that we are going to put together related to Survivor Social. So stay tuned and look out for those things on our social media pages and be sure to subscribe here on youtube and on spotify thank you so much any final words Tegwith?
1: um i just want to say it's been such a blast covering this season with you david i'm really excited for season 45 i think it's going to be an amazing season and i just can't wait for all of the coverage with you um if anybody wants uh during the summer to still have um survivor in their life uh other than just podcasting um i'm my TikTok is fully dedicated to survivor. So I, if you follow me at survivor underscore simulation, um, I will continue to talk about season 44 and survivor in general on that, um, place, uh, because I am addicted and I need a way to get it out of my body, um, or else I'll die. So, um, please, uh, give me a little bit of follow and, uh, I, I would love to talk survivor with you during the off season.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Tegwith, and we will see you very soon.
1: Bye.